This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Inka Vat. The upcoming by-election in Taichung once again sees Taiwan's two major political parties going head-to-head. In last-minute campaigning, the vote has highlighted the long road ahead for the opposition Kuomintang or KMT. Rick Glowert reports. Warming up for another busy week of politics in Taiwan. In just six days, residents in Taiwan's second-largest city, Taichung, will head to the polls to elect a new representative to the legislature. It comes after they voted to recall Chen Bowei of the pro-independence Taiwan State Building Party in October. And, as it often is with Taiwan politics, the battle for the seat is really a face-off between the country's two major political parties. The ruling pro-independence Democratic Progressive Party, or DPP, is looking to snatch up a seat that is traditionally a stronghold of opposition pro-China, Kuomintang, or KMT. Uh, but then after the recall against Chen Bowei, it seems to return to the status quo. And so the DPP is trying to kind of reverse this in that sense. And the DPP is probably emboldened by the results of the referendum that took place last month. Uh, in that, this resulted in a win for the DPP. And so now trying to make back inroads at Taichung is what the DPP is focused on at present. On Sunday, President Tsai Ing-wen appeared to call out the KMT candidate, a member of a large political family embroiled in corruption allegations. But the Taichung vote also reveals the big challenge facing the KMT. How can a party favoring closer ties with China gain support from a young Taiwanese population increasingly wary of the country's belligerent neighbor? Over the weekend, a retired general and KMT member left the party and spoke up in support of the DPP candidate in Taichung. Among his reasons was an agreement between the Chinese Communist Party and the KMT called the 1992 Consensus which states there is only one China, but that Beijing and Taipei have their own interpretation of that China. The party's close relationship with China is arguably the most pressing challenge facing the KMT chairman, Eric Zhu, after he took office in August last year. I mean, for example, there's been calls to reform the party internally to try to win back the support of young people because young people feel alienated from the party uh, due to its stances on cross-trade politics that is a pro-unification party, but also due to this record of corruption. And so I think particularly when you have these calls, it is calling for change, turning over a new leaf in the KMT. And so we have a new KMT chair, Eric Chu, but to date, he has not signaled pushing for change. As the KMT continues to struggle for relevance, all eyes are now on Taichung where the DPP seems confident in snatching up another political win. Patrick Chen and Rick Glowert for Taiwan Plus. Taiwan's government has introduced a ban on products made by Chinese electronics brands. The move follows concerns over data security surrounding Chinese products. Many Western countries, including the US and Australia, have implemented similar bans, most notably on 5G equipment made by Chinese company Huawei. Government statistics indicate that almost 20,000 products from Chinese companies were in use in Taiwan's local and central governments last year. The ban applies only to Chinese brands and not to all products with components made in China. 
Taiwan Central Epidemic Command Center has revealed another potential COVID-19 cluster infection centered on a quarantine hotel in Taipei. Two cases have been confirmed with the Delta variant, though the link between them is not yet clear. Other guests on, on the same floor have been moved to different hotels or government quarantine centers. One of the confirmed cases tested positive after leaving the hotel. His infection led to the suspension of classes at a local preschool, and eight of his close contacts are now in quarantine. Well, 2021 was a challenging year for journalists and media in many parts of Asia. Taiwan is one of the few places on the continent where the push for democracy and freedoms has remained strong. I spoke to Peter Van Prague, CEO of the think tank Halifax International Security Forum, about the United States' strategy of building alliances with democratic countries on the continent and how it has played into relations with Taiwan and China. With regard to, to China and, and, and with regard to Taiwan, I do think that he is sending very, very strong messages um, that the United States uh, really appreciates Taiwan's democratic development over the past 25 years, that Taiwan has made uh, incredible strides and is a net contributor to global security and global, uh, global peace and global wealth. Um, and I think that he continues to, to send those messages. And I think Going forward into 2022, I expect that those messages are going to be uh, signaled even stronger. The American people are pretty tough, and they don't like being pushed around and meddled with. What's coming out of China is is not something that the American people appreciate so much. So, so I, I think that um, President Biden um, signaling that there's going to be a diplomatic boycott of the uh, Beijing Winter Olympics. It's significant that a number of uh, countries, significant countries, UK, Australia, Canada, uh, joined uh, right away. The boycott of the Winter Olympics, what um, effect does that have? I think it's very, very important uh, that it's happening. It's also very important that just recently uh, the United States um, Congress passed a bill uh, that would not allow any American products to come from uh, slave labor, from the Uyghur areas of Western China. Um, this was something that um, a number of American corporations um, lobbied against the government, including Apple, including Nike, including Coca-Cola. And yet the Congress and the administration um, are moving forward on that significant legislation. So all of these parcel of something uh, rather significant. There is a shift in the American attitudes towards China that started a little while ago, and it is picking up steam. As soon as the Americans reach some type of consensus view that doing business in China is not worth the trouble, um, there's going to be an incredible uh, shift uh, in the American body politic, and that then will lead, like I said, to a firmer, even, even firmer stance uh, from the Biden administration going forward. This season's Christmas tree, Christmas display in New Taipei City made a UK travel magazine wanderlust list of the world's most spectacular Christmas trees. The Lego-themed tree and installation in New Taipei's Banqiao district was the only entry from Asia on the list. It was featured alongside such well-known Christmas displays as New York's Rockefeller Center and Rio Janeiro's floating tree. 
Jiang performers in traditional costumes and with faces painted in bold patterns are often the most eye-catching part of Taiwan's traditional temple festivals. Artist Lin Zixian is one of the few people in Taiwan still practicing such traditional face painting, and he's determined to pass the skill on to future generations. Our reporter Pichi Zhuang has his story. Facial artist Lin Zixian is recreating the essence of a Taoist god. The strokes, the pattern, and the blending of the oils are skills he first learned years ago from an old master of the art. Now, Lin is one of the most respected facial artists working on Taiwan's Bajiajiang, for which he applies special facial makeup on the performers. Bajiajiang is part of Taiwan's long-established temple culture. It refers to eight ancient generals revered as god of the underworld. The facial makeup on performance creates a unique appearance and helps them get into character. But few people know about the artists who apply these intricate patterns. Lin has dedicated 30 years to Bajiajiang culture. He's experienced many ups and downs and become a master in the process. But now he faces a new challenge: his health. He has eye problems, which make focusing on his work difficult. But the prospect of no longer being able to carry on his passion has made Lin more determined than ever to introduce his crafts to a new generation. Lin hosts workshops at local schools where he retells the stories of the eight generals and introduces the children to this traditional art. He's also worked with the popular street dance troupe Tiesdi to inspire more young people to get involved with Bajiajiang. And when he's not busy painting faces or raising the profile of temple arts, Lin has a side job helping to combat COVID-19. He makes visually striking face masks using his skills, allowing people from around the world to enjoy the same patterns he has applied to generations of Taiwanese performers. Rick Yi and Pichi Zhang for Taiwan Plus. Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.